Hi, and welcome to episode 19 of Rico's Cafe, Deep Tech and Down Tempo Beats, brought to you by me, DJ Inc. This episode, we're going to do things a little differently, and I think this suits this guest and this uh, show's mixes just fine. This episode, I welcome Mark Lipper, coming to us from Seattle by way of Atlanta, Chicago, and Tampa, I think. Uh, Mark is a man of many crews, a man of the people, so to speak. So this episode will be different from the jump because unlike my other guest, Mark actually requested to do this interview live. Um, Just so you all know, this is a recipe for disaster. This time it's by the seat of our pants, so who knows what will happen. Let's get Mark on the line and get this show on the road. Mark, welcome to Rico's Cafe Podcast. How are you, man? Ryan, good morning. How you doing? Pleasure to be here, and thanks for uh, agreeing to do this experiment. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, thank you, and uh, sorry for making you join me early in the morning. The uh, the bi coastal interview just just takes a little scheduling. Yeah, I know it's, it's funny because I was down in Atlanta for New Year's Eve, and we actually had a chance to hang out. And it's just funny that we had to separate by three thousand miles to get it done again. So I was just saying you were a man of many crews. Um, you kind of roll with, with warm art, uh, cardio, men of leisure. Who else? Am I missing anybody else? No, that's about it. I, I did help Hesner uh, with his label, the Hunt and Gather, to help put together a couple of parties. Normally, I think that's kind of where I like to be at this point, is guy behind the guy, if you will, uh, just trying to connect people if, if necessary, you know, reach out to an agent or, or uh, you know, somebody that we had maybe brought in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, Men of Leisure is just two of us, me and my friend Sean, kind of playing music that we enjoy, a little down to both disco and punk, things like that. We have a podcast as well where we just talk to and play music in the interim so yeah it's fun yeah that's great i think i mentioned to you before but um men of leisure actually inspired me a bit on this show because at first i wasn't really comfortable or or sure if people gave a crap about the interview or intro portions of the show but i actually enjoy the format and and some of the rambling on your podcast so it gave me the confidence just to kind of keep rolling with it yeah, I mean, if we could, if we could do it and put it out there for the people, certainly uh, someone of your loquaciousness uh, <laughs> would do, do it as well. Well, I appreciate it. So one of the things I wanted to start with and and kind of build on a little bit was actually something that a few episodes ago on uh, Men of Leisure, you guys talked a little bit about aging out of the scene and motivation and comfort zones and FOMO, et cetera. And I kind of personally share a lot of those feelings. It was was an interesting episode to, to listen to. And it's a challenge that kind of pulls me apart because on one hand, I feel like I'm on the top of my game as far as buying and playing more music than ever and I'd love to play out more often but of course you know you need to go out and support in order to get booked and then even then most of the time it's just crews booking their own crews and it's always been that way but I feel like now I have less connections and less respect so to speak from the new wave of promoters so what's your take like how much music are you buying and consuming these days and how often do you play around the house versus playing out at gigs well I mean it's it's a fast topic we probably could talk an hour about it and I think you know on our minute leisure cast we, we probably did but I mean there's there's so many different aspects of it you know as, as like you said like as you get older and you've played out for 20 plus years especially you know more for you you, you have so much more confidence in your selections you know where you think you could fit in and play anywhere probably especially if you know again like we have similar tastes and you know from BPMs in the 70s 80s up to 120s 30s techno so you know knowing that you feel like you can play anywhere where you feel like, and if you're not getting booked, then you're like, gosh, I, I really thought I could do well doing that. But I think, you know, every DJ thinks that 
for sure. I think generally, like you said, as you get older, you just choose different avenues to express yourself and just don't have maybe the time because of life. Maybe if you have kids, there's a very few people out there that you know, have families and are able to still you know participate. Right. And uh, there are folks here in Seattle, like you know Dave Fesner as well. I mean, he's a great example of having a great, incredibly nice family and, and is a great family man. And also, you know, spend you know his, that is his career, of course, is doing that. Yeah, so, I mean, he's he's fantastic. <laughs> Do you, do you play a lot at, at the house? You know, it's a funny thing you mentioned that. It's like I, I have not taken the time as much as I used to just to kind of sit down and, you know, bang out set. I don't know why. <laughs> maybe I just don't, I just don't have the, the motivation it's taken. You know, I think maybe because I am so comfortable playing, I don't, it's just going to sound maybe arrogant. I might say I don't need to. I just, I don't know what it is, frankly. It's just like that the set that I put together for this was literally the only time off all of last year that I took the time to kind of sit down and record something. And even then it was just kind of something that happened. I was like, you know, then I'll just plug in the recorder and see, see how it goes. And, you know, you put together giant folders, the time you spend gathering tracks for you know for playing out is you know like a hundred to one in terms of hours you know t- tracks played versus you know time spent versus number of tracks in that folder as well like. absolutely so, so you're always going to have you know dozens of, of tracks unplayed that you bought that you thought you might fit but you know when I go to play I'm always the kind of person who just you know want to make sure I have everything that I th- think that the way the night might go you know I always think it's going to go some way but it always ends up going another way because I'm, I'm more of a reactive DJ right Right. In that I, I don't plan sets, I just kind of have an idea of where I think things should go, and then depending on who's dancing or not, you know, there's a myriad of factors that go into how the, the set ends up playing out, and that's kind of how you know I, I got to start playing. I ended up playing all these tracks that I never ended up playing out, right? And it all kind of you know gelled together in this weird melange that you have. <laughs> so yeah, you definitely touched on some things I want to circle back to, but one thing uh, before we get there that I was interested in because I, I think when I started this out I said you're in Seattle now I obviously met you in Atlanta uh, before that I think you were in Tampa Sarasota area and I forgot until we talked the other day that um, that you did a little time in Chicago so did you find it easy to relocate away from your core group of friends and meet new folks and even manage to find some gigs and like-minded folks to continue playing out um, I guess the short answer is yes and no <laughs> when I moved to Chicago I really purposely didn't really make uh, an effort to go and you know get involved because I think to a certain extent I, I kind of wanted to take a step back because I was so heavily involved in Atlanta and you know we refocus on work there and and you know with uh, with Amy and our you know, relationship that I moved a thousand miles away to start that you know Chicago obviously has such a huge community and, and history you know I did meet some folks like Andrew Emil and John Mark and their friends with Amy and you know had a chance to go out and you know just go out a little bit but you know my focus was not to try and you know push myself into whatever they were doing right, right. Uh, and then and then you know not too shortly afterwards you know we picked up everything and moved to Seattle and I mean, it was funny like when we were driving across the country Amy asked if I knew anybody in Seattle and I said no not not really and I, I knew Christy Sierra lived out there yeah um, other than that she's like hey do you know this guy named Dave Pizzen and you know of course I'm like gosh I have all his music <laughs> <laughs> right so do I I'm like she's like well you know I know him from you know she used to build parties in London and they brought 
about him there a long time ago. So he literally was the only person that we knew to a certain extent that was part of the scene here. You know, he's the most welcoming person in the world. He and his wife, Christina, and his other, you know, friends, John Lee and Wesley. And, you know, his whole, his whole cadre of, of folks here just kind of like opened their arms. And I was like really, really lucky, I think, to make those connections and allow me to have the opportunity to play as much as I have. And, you know, obviously I don't make the effort as much as I probably would, you know, if I was 20 years younger to like right. go out on a Wednesdays and Thursdays and, you know, really push myself. But you know, like I said, I think I just, I've been really lucky in that regard. Yeah. I mean, how, how, how great of a guy to, uh, to start a, a relationship with out there. Totally. Cool. So you started kind of down this path and, and I want to kind of expound on a little bit, but another thing I wanted to talk about is a concept about being self-indulgent as a DJ and uh, bear with me, it, it, it's going somewhere, but I read a recent interview with Craig Richards from the resident from Fabric in London and the interviewer was pointing out how Craig had built this unique sound and, and a residency out of these sort of strange sounds and records that very few DJs, if any, were pushing and Craig kind of started talking about how you have to say stay true to your own sound which i think a lot of djs would say right one he said one piece of advice he was given by someone was never play a record you don't like again great advice right um, absolutely so then the conversation sort of landed on him claiming to play a little bit self-indulgently to the point where the argument was kind of made that he might show up play what he wants to play and if it doesn't land with a crowd then oh well you win some you lose some and i think the interviewer even raised the point of okay then does the crowd even matter um, and he asked Craig if he looks up and tries to read the crowd or if he just does his thing and for me I guess while it's evident you know from some of the crap you might see from some of the festival DJs these days uh, I guess I've never really heard someone of that stature implied that they weren't really trying to read the crowd but I guess the point is if you do what you do really, really well and people know about it, does it really matter? Like, what's your right. take? Do you, do, you, do you try to stay within a certain style when you're playing? Or you mentioned earlier that you kind of bring some things and the night doesn't go the way you think. And how much does a crowd influence what you play? You know, it's a, it's a really great interview. I, I read the same same one. And, and Craig is well, one of my top five DJs and in, in, in influences, I think, yeah, overall, uh, especially with that time when you know the first Fabric Mix came out. And and then, of course, those seminal tyrant mixes with uh, with him and Lee Burge. Agreed. Uh, and all of his uh, sets on Groove Tech, you know, like was the first like, kind of live streaming that they did. And I think that was based out of Seattle, actually. It was. Right? You're you're in the land yeah. of Groove Tech now, I think. And I, yeah, I remember like having to get the real player and, and download all that. <laughs> but, uh, but I digress. But yeah, uh, I read that and, you know, I would agree with him to a certain extent. You know, you have to you know, be you, you know, and if you're just solely playing for uh, the crowd, then then maybe you're not really giving your all. You're not really pushing what, what I think that, you know, the reason why you probably started DJing in the first place, you you enjoy these, these certain records. These are the ones, the fun ones are the ones like, the ones you think that maybe nobody else has, they haven't heard before. And how do you put those you know, into your set? And, and I think Craig is really, I think maybe was maybe missing that was implied is that he, he's always been a venue, time and place person. Oh, yeah. Even, yeah. even if it's not a, quote, playing for the crowd, he he knows what what fits in a, a in a festival set or versus a you know hundred person club set. Absolutely, you know, and his sound is going to be weirder than most. You know, he's not going <laughs> to you know playing mellow naked music stuff or, or you know 
at the beginning of the night just because of you know the beginning of the night. Right. He's, he's the rapper president, so he's he's got that opportunity to really spread out and just get those odd those tracks in and and see how they see how they work. And that's the great part about being a resident, which I think I was again just really lucky to have that opportunity with cardio. You know, they give you two to three hours in the beginning to just wing it, and it starts off as a restaurant and moves into a club where you have all this time to kind of you know get people into your sound and people are just kind of sitting there at first and the next thing you know they clear the table and people are dancing that is so important and has impacted me so much as well like a lot of people never get that opportunity and if you haven't had the opportunity to play open to close or four five six hour sets like that it's it's a different beast altogether uh especially in you mentioned uh, a lot of what we did in in those scenarios were pubs or restaurants that later on in the night <laughs> kind of reconfigured and became a club. You right, know? like you used to do with uh, Operate, Operate Diem. I mean, that was a, a big influence on me, you know, going to hear you play in the, what was that, those early, mid-2000 years. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a small gig, but in a lot of ways, one of the most important things I've done because I would play all night and I would show up and, and often I would show up early because I enjoyed it so much and I would start out, as you know, I'd, I'd start yeah. out playing. Yeah, I'd like play standard jazz. I play know, straight jazz. I, you know, I'm, I'm in there playing uh, Coleman Hawkins and and Stan Getz and shit. And then you know, fast forward four or five hours later, and I'm playing 125 House and Techno. Yeah, um, you get your Teddy Francis on. <laughs> but uh, and the funny thing about it is, I really fought to keep that sort of fluidity and structure. Uh, you don't know how many times I had to push Andy, the owner, off because he would come in, you know, nine, 10 o'clock and be like, you gotta pick it up. Like wanting me right. to play European trance. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I just don't want to do that. And, and as a matter of fact, I had a small contingency of folks who would come to hear that sort of early jazz portion. And, you know, it's it's tough. But I don't. what would you say? Do you have a go-to style? What would you say your style is for those who might not know you? Gosh, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point, I guess because I'm old, <laughs> you know, I'm slowing, slowing down as an older, but like some, between that kind of pumping house, you know, beat and the really slow, kind of smoky down tempo stuff like that. You know, that mid tempo, yeah. mid tempo range of it. There's, there's, there's so much you can do within that, within that BPM from say 112 to 120 or 110 to 118. Uh, there's so much great music that comes out in that range, and you can, you can pitch down the 125 stuff and, and fit it in there, and you can pitch up some of the slower stuff and yeah. fit it in there. It's just, it just really opens up. So much the, stuff the, like on like Andy Hart, you know. Of course, Eddie C. Yeah, uh, you, know, was, you know the stuff on like Toy Tonic. Great label. I mean, even you can even fit in some like the old house, like DJ Deep, you know, or um, all the free range stuff. I could play a whole set of free range music. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, exactly. You know, like Jim, you know, Jimster that, and those guys. Yeah, yeah, of course, that's like really kind of classic UK deep house. And then the fun part is is that you can just squeeze in some edits. That's kind of like you know like what Shawnee and I do with as a minute. 
Legion, and to a certain extent, you know, Parker and I and, and Brian, you know, do it as uh, as first Magic Marker, and then this year we introduced Tragic Marker for New Year's. <laughs> I was and, there. I was there that night. You guys definitely yeah. um, were yeah. all, all over the place and had some edits yeah. there. And you get you get that kind of a, a Taro Taro Disco, um, you know, squirrely house, and then you, you drop you know some like you know some weird Africa edit or cream or something like that. You know, the the true those guys, the crew love, you know, like that that label that um yeah soul clap has you know they have an incredible amount of edits by like jack priest and they have a whole gang of folks who put stuff out on there absolutely uh, yeah, um, I mean, I could just on and on. Anything by the Revenge, I could just plop in a set. Phil yep. um, Sine, he's just got that great classic house sound. Of course, the Troy Swindle guys, the Heist Records are always good. You know, and then some of the some of the newer stuff, like I Skatebard and Palm Tracks, but that guy's really cool. Some interesting stuff, yeah, for sure. Um, are there any DJs or artists you kind of you look up to or try to emulate on some level? Maybe maybe not so much today, but when you were coming up. My, my, my big influence as, as a youth, you know, starting a DJ, I think there was Garth. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, again, he had that, that range of sound. Um, and, of course, I really loved Terry Lee Brown Jr. Anybody who knew me back then knows that I was obsessed with everything that he did. Um, right, which is the genesis of this whole podcast and the name and everything I draw absolutely, from. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, him and that, um, what was that label he was always on? Plastic um, City. Plastic City, thank you. Yes, him and Time Rider. I mean, those are just absolutely just classic, classic space deep house you know and with those deep house chords um and then of course craig richards and lee burridge you yeah. know both of them together uh, all the the early fabric stuff was a uh, big push and then if you go early like early early on you know of course growing up in florida you you get this this weird combination of florida breaks and progressive house depending on where you are from the orlando scene with bringing in sasha and digweed and yeah. uh you know, the locals you know uh, sean cusick uh, dj3 from tampa of course and then you know all the those, those weird breaks guys like Dandy and AC and <laughs> yeah the Magic Mike was I was a big Magic Mike fan growing up <laughs> as a senior old I had the two like giant subwoofers in my trunk and no other speakers you know just so stupid <laughs> wow an influence doesn't necessarily come out the other side the same way so I think they do to a certain extent if you really have that that background and knowledge of all those influences then you add in like the actual jazz and, and things of that nature growing up with my mom who was a music teacher you know listening to classic music and you know her husband's a jazz drummer and um, you know all this stuff it all just kind of jams in and it kind of comes out in this, this weird way even though if you don't even realize it it's interesting how your influences come out for me like a guy like you know listen to a guy like Eddie C I think he comes from a hip hop background and even just the way that he DJs you know there's not these the long like 10 minute mixes you know right. but it's all on vinyl but it, the way that he pieces it all together and there's this really cool puzzle um, that you didn't even know there was a puzzle but he put it together in that way and I, I love watching him play you know, because not a lot of DJs you want to watch play because I'm not really doing much but if you, you watch somebody like him or, or watch a, a Derek Carter you know the, the, the amount of, of work, work. <laughs> they're doing work back there <laughs> yeah it, it's incredible and I, I have a lot of respect for that and I think that's what's exciting to me as I'm old as I get older is you know mucking around with the mixer and seeing how you can you know maybe jam stuff together that doesn't go well yeah you know when we were playing uh, last weekend or a couple weekends ago with, with Rob you know at, at Mid City you know we were, we were kind of going you know, going after him and he said you still don't have mixing key <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, uh, why would I want to do that? You know, it's like you get those happy accidents that you never would have had if you kind of keep your uh, your lanes, if you will. And don't get me wrong, I think you know, I've always judged myself against Rob, and that's why I put out about 20% of the mixes that I've made in my life because 
nothing would ever compare to you know Rob Dowell or, or all of my friends who have been you know incredible DJs. So. Yeah, I mean it's we've been blessed with a lot of talent and, and local friends, and you know I've I've always kind of prided myself on being able to play a, a wide range of tunes, and that's something I admire in DJs is that unpredictability. And obviously, I yeah it doesn't always work out, but you know we definitely share similar taste and, and background. Yeah. But you know I would add to that guys like Laurent Garnier, Andrew yes. Andrew Weatherall, these dudes who can sort of weave in and out of genres, and they might be known for one thing, but they can show up and rock a completely different genre. Right, um, and Harvey, you know, I think of Harvey as well, I've heard him Harvey, play. Harvey, yeah. But sometimes I wonder, you know, those guys are obviously well established for doing such, and, yeah. you know, I wonder if maybe that doesn't hurt my own appeal sometimes, like maybe, I don't know, folks don't listen to a mix or come hear me spin because they don't know what to expect, and maybe they've heard one that they loved and one that they hated, so you never know, but I, on a subtle level, I think that's something I've always loved about playing with, with you and Rob and Wes and really the whole like warm art cardio crew. Just when you think you know what to expect, something unexpected happens. So Absolutely. You know, yeah. Every time I've played with you guys, it's, you know, I, I put my folder together going, okay, I know Mark's going to do this and I know Rob's going to bring this. And then it goes completely in a different direction, which often ends up wonderful. So Right. No, it is cool. And, there are, and that, I think that's the most fun for me nowadays. And I, I, I say as to folks when they talk about, hey, you want to play the party? I'm like, I would love to. Do you want to play together? You know, do you want to go, you know, play back to back? You know, they always, and that's my number one thing I want to do now is play with people that I've never played with. And I think that is for me, because I know what I sound like and it's fun. <laughs> I have no, but it's like trying to make that connection with somebody else musically that you haven't played with before. And the people here are great and they're really, they're up for it. It's fun. There's a guy a guy here named Eddie Uskovac, just goes by Kadija Street. We jammed together one time under the name Dirty Lips. And nice. it just came beautifully uh, because it, it, his nickname's like Dirty Eyes, so of course I'm up, so of course that makes sense. Another another uh, woman here named Erin O'Connor, she runs this party called the Train Car House Party, which is literally what it sounds like. It's an old train that has a Chinese restaurant in it. It fits about 50 people in there, and they have a monthly, and they just jam out. Uh, that's what's cool about Seattle. They have a, they still kind of carry that kind of DIY uh, aesthetic. That's cool, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, the whole back-to-back -back thing has become such a popular thing these days, and, you know, it's, it's tough. Uh, you really kind of, like you said, it does stretch you as a DJ, and it's a, it's a lot harder to, to navigate um, and have a cohesive sound. Uh, there's yeah, cer certain people that do it very well. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the set you turned in. And when you originally submitted it, you called it a B-side set. Yeah, it's kind of like what I, was, what I was mentioning earlier. This was uh, some folders that I have that I was just kind of digging through the tracks that I hadn't had played yet. Now, this was from uh, you know New Year's of 20, you know, going into 2019, and then a couple other folders that you know I had, I had put together for other gigs, and uh, I just kind of found that first song, and it just kind of rolled rolled with it from that. And it turns out, you know, as I was putting together the track list, Scott this really interesting wide range of sound, and hopefully it comes together in a cohesive manner. And um, you know, it's got people that are you know kind of new new to the games, you know, people like uh, Peggy Goo and okay. uh, oh Gausha Lustworks. I'm probably not pronouncing it right. Yeah, he's just uh, this guy from uh, Brooklyn. He put out this album that was got 
kind of blew up on uh, on RA a couple of years ago. That was just all of his own material. You know, it has this really interesting kind of vocal styling. Yeah, and, it's hot. The, actually, the first three or four tracks on your set just hooked me right away. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's got that Detroit sound, but also that smokehouse mid-tempo burner vibe that a lot of folks associate with you, even though right. I think it's a little faster. It's probably around 119, 120, right? It, it starts off a little slow. Um, I would say in the 114 range, but yeah, it kind of not nudges up as, as it got going but yeah it kind of ends up with this kind of 808 classic like claps and, and kicks you know there at the end um, it ends with a soul fiction edit which I, I've had for a long time it's probably I don't know 10-15 years but it's cool yeah I mean it's just kind of as I like to do is just all over the place and to see if I can find like a, a thread you know put it all together yeah well it's uh, it's a really great set and I think it's gonna go really well because like I said this show is gonna be a little bit different uh, another, <laughs> another way we're gonna mix it up is the order of events so after I kind of put them in sequence together, I think it goes really well. The end of my set kind of, you know, you pick up right where I end. It also is something I've always wanted this to be a platform for is stuff that doesn't fit on my Proton show or, or anywhere else. So I guess I've been a little hesitant in putting out the weirder shit for some reason, but <laughs> for whatever reason, this felt like the right time to do it. Especially, like I said, after I lined the mixes up and just having you on the show which you know I've been hoping I could do for a while you know you've been a, a guest of our tempo parties actually I think one of your tempo sets that we recorded live was one of my favorite guests that we ever had for a long time oh man that was like that was the first time actually I really played out at a club really in Atlanta yeah wow yeah uh, we used to do these little basement parties in a place called Lava and it was a great room and we didn't have a lot of guests but we would you know we'll talk about this in future episodes as I get more of the warm art guys on but I've had a long kind of history of you know working with Warmart and now some of the cardio folks it's a very uh, incestuous scene if you will so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be and then it is exactly and I think just to bring it back full circle I, th I think there's a lot of unknown um, coming up in these sets I'm going <laughs> to kick things off here and uh, kind of start with some actually ambient and really deep dub techno and then it goes through some crazy indie twist and techno and ends, okay. up, ends up almost where yours begins so any last shout outs or uh, final words anything else you want to say about the set or or you know shout out to the homies back home i think i've uh, name checked almost everybody i know <laughs> i guess uh, shout out to my uh, my lovely wife amy for introducing us to uh, all these uh, cool people in seattle even though she goes out even less than i do somehow she still ends up knowing more people than i do and um you know of course to your uh, partner chris Sheehy, who uh, i got a chance to hang out with him and uh, his wife last year so you know there's always the, the, the you can't sell Seattle without the ATL. That's and, nice. Uh, I like it. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, a, it's a good group. I am hashtag blessed to be able to play and hang out with everybody. So thanks well, for having me. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for joining. Um, I'm looking forward to getting out there at some point and, and seeing you guys as well. You know, thanks to you for coming on and pushing me to do this thing live and, and turning in a really great set. You know, look forward to seeing you guys next time and uh, we'll do it all over again. All right, Ryan. All well, right. I'm looking forward to your set and uh, yeah, thanks, man. Okay, let's jump into it. We're going to kick it off with a new one from me, DJ Inc., and then stay tuned in hour two for a hot new mix from Seattle-based Mark Lippert. Enjoy.
Okay, you just heard an exclusive new mix from me, DJ Inc. Now stay tuned for a new one from Seattle's Mark Lippert. Enjoy.
Kevin. Kevin. <laughs>